For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Habs and Minded. My name is Jared Book. I am joined today by Anton Roscoe. Anton, how are you doing? I'm feeling great. Life is beautiful, and I'm happy to be a part of it. How are you, Jared? I, I'm I'm good. You know, it, it's it, it's uh, nice to have this little break, but at the same time, it, it's also nice to be talking about the top twenty five under twenty five again. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a fun time, obviously, for for Eyes on the Prize. Uh, I'm also covering the, the women's world championships that's uh, going underway right now. So I, I, I'm still working around hockey right now. And, you know, the Canadians really scared me because they put out a tweet yesterday saying there's only eight more weekends until hockey starts again. And I'm like, well, I'm not ready for that. And obviously uh, I have a, I have a daughter who's coming as well by, yeah, by exactly. the start of the season. So yeah. I, I, well, hockey is, is when, uh, you know, she'll be here as well. And I'm just like, Whoa, that's uh, when you put it that way. It's for the last soon, weeks so. of freedom for you. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fine. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, yeah, of course, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, it's I, I so because the the due date is is the season opener for the Canadians, and that's when I I kind of picture I'm like, oh right, that's that's coming up right now. So she'll she'll probably be early as well. So yeah, it all, all this all this is happening very very fast, and uh, including hockey. But we're 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 getting back into the preseason, I guess, into because it, when we we're talking about the Stanley cup final. It's all about, Oh, it's the off season, but it's also the season just ended. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of, you know, turning the page and the draft is, is obviously a part of that free agency as well. And, and now we're starting to look towards next season. And the top 25 is always a challenge. It, it's, it's really a challenge when you have so many players who have not played in a long time and who have, you have never seen play, including, you know, some of the 2021 draft picks, but, we're, we're always up for a challenge, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, like the Canadians have had so many draft picks in the last few years, and it's obviously coming to fruition when you look at the top 25 under 25, because if we look at, we were talking just before we started recording about who is graduating from last year's list. And we came up with Jake Evans and uh, Lucas Vedemo. But the Canadians didn't draft very well in those years, 2014 and 2015. So now when we come into the 
2021 list, there are a lot of young guys who are basically either already in the NHL, the top tier, or just total projections at this point. <laughs> there are very few players, especially with three guys who could still, who would still be eligible for the list, leaving for free in Victor Mete, yeah. Noah Jolson, and Kale Fleury. And they would have been like that middle tier, and they're not there anymore. Yeah, exactly. One of the things when I was filling out my ballot was just the the noticing of a huge gap between the top tier, which is is pretty obvious, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, spoil anything. We don't know the order yet, by the way. But you know, we're still ballots are still open at this point. There's no official order, so you know, I'm not spoiling anything. But I, I don't think it's a spoiler anyway to say that the top three are probably going to be. Nick, Nick Suzuki is very quick me and Cole Caulfield in some kind of order. Yeah. Uh, and then you have guys like Roman, Romanov, Norlander, Primo, Guli, Paling. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, that's probably going to be the top eight or nine, right. In, in some order. I, I don't think that that's spoiling anything, but then I realized that there's a huge gap after that. And, and, and what, what I realized while looking at last year's list. And, and, and like you said, we talked about this right before going on is the fact that we're missing those guys in the middle with the guys like Evans and Fleury and, and Jolson and, and Mete, those are guys that kind of bridge the gap between the top, top prospects and the guys who are maybe two or three years away. Mm-hmm. And now we realize that they're not there anymore. You know, jo- Josh Brook is kind of the only, maybe Jesse Ullin in our cut, the only mm-hmm. guys in that, you know, 10 to 15 range that are still kind of around and, and in professional hockey. So it's, it's just a, a weird weird dynamic and i noticed that during my ballot i'm like i still like these prospects but it just feels a little high for all these guys and then i realized that's why is because there's a lack of of professionals and and a lot of that like you mentioned is the lack of older players you know this is this would have been the last year for 2015 draft eligibles so -hmm. if you look at that draft you have noel jolson who obviously uh went to florida on waivers lucas vedemo who was actually an overage pick so he was uh, you know, you consider him as a 2014 prospect. And then Matt Bradley, who never signed. Uh, Simon Bork, who was traded for uh, Yol Armia in, in yeah. you know, probably one of the best trades that, you know, one of the best trades that Mark Bergman has made. And Steve Mason. Yes, and Steve Mason. I mean, yeah. that, that was the whole reason why the trade was made in the first and place. And two right? picks. <laughs> Simon Bork got a heavy return. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is about that trade is, is he it was during development camp. Yeah. So he was literally... In, in you know warming up when he got traded at, at at the Bell Sports Complex in Brossard, he was literally warming up before the first practice, and the trade was announced during that. I was in the press box, and then you know he had to speak to the media afterwards, and uh, it was it was kind of weird to cover a trade from that from that side of things, and uh, you know literally during the camp that he was a part in part of, uh, and then obviously he retired from professional hockey, went to Concordia for a little bit, and. Um, you know, is, is kind he, of working. I was going to say, he, right he, played in, he played in France in yes. League Magnus last year as yep. the captain for Bordeaux, apparently. So now he's going to play in the ISHL uh, in Austria this season for Innsbruck. Yeah, you know, he's making a life in professional hockey. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he went back to school for a bit uh, and then went pro. So, um, and the other another player who did the exact same thing was Jeremiah Addison, hmm. who, uh, you know, had a pro contract, then terminated his contract to go back to school. And he was at U Sports, I believe, St. FX in uh, Anaganish, Nova Scotia. I know that because I covered University of Women's Hockey. Yeah. But yeah, so you have two guys who 
you know, were signed to pro deals. Uh, one was traded, then retired, and one just, you know, terminated his contract, kind of kind of retired, temporarily, I guess. And, and so, yeah, there's, there's nothing to show from that draft class. And, and that's kind of the dark days of, of the project. Um, because I was gonna, you, you I was gonna add to that, like even if you like the 2014s, obviously Jake Evans just graduated. Uh, he was born. He's born in June 20, uh, June 96, so he's just recently too old. But mm-hmm. if you look at 2016 draft as well, Sergeyev obviously was <laughs> traded away. Yeah. William Bitten was traded away uh, for Gustav Olofsson, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Victor Mete left on waivers. Casey Storm never signed. Michael Pazetta and Arvid Henriksson are still in the organization. And Michael Pazetta actually plays for Laval. So <laughs> the sixth and seventh round picks are the only one available for this list. And so there we have, like, even if in 2014, if we look at, you know, last year's list, we have Nikita, Cher- Nikita Sherbak obviously left on waivers. Brett Learnout, Nicholas Kolberstein, living legend daniel odette hayden hockey and jake evans so those three drafts combined for pizetta hendrickson uh vedemo and jake evans yeah um, exactly <laughs> and, and we could pretty much cross hendrickson off that list even though he's um you know technically i see a search <laughs> i see a search for him this year <laughs> Yeah, I see him. I see him going up maybe one spot <laughs> <laughs> because um, there, there's one player less this year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, the, the the joke of that is that yes, last year he was 43, and last because there are 43 players eligible. This year there are only 42 players eligible, <laughs> and so you know even if he does finish last again, he moves up one spot. Yes. Uh, and I don't mean to be mean to Arvid Hendrickson. He's, well, he's getting an education. I, I, I want to add this. Like, actually, Matt Drake, our beloved colleague, actually had Arvid Hendrickson 37th <laughs> on last year's list. So kudos to Matt for still believing in Arvid. <laughs> and it's funny because you mentioned guys like Pazetta and Hendrickson, and they, they, they still have one more year left in this in this yeah. project um, because they're not even 24 yet. The, the only players graduating from this list uh, next year will be Otto Leskinen. And you can argue that he might've been off of the reserve list anyway, uh, yeah. after a year going back to Europe uh, and Michael McNiven uh, as well. So it's, this list is getting to a point where after years of, of not having any graduates for, for positive reasons, we're, we're going to get into a, in a few years, uh, a year where we're going to lose like <laughs> 10 guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's going to be very interesting, but uh, because you have, especially the, the 2021 draft, but even the 2020 draft, even some of the other prospects, you have some guys who barely played at all mm. last year. And you have some guys who didn't play at all. So for me, the biggest challenge was, do I penalize somebody who played badly or not up to expectations more than I penalize a guy who didn't play at all, but I'm still intrigued by Hmm. And that's that's a lot of what this, this project is, is interesting for is is how much value you place in potential and and what they've done. And for me, that was a, a tough thing for me to to consider is because I didn't know how to factor that in. And I'm sure that a lot of people had the same issue. And I, I think that that will show in the rankings. I, I think that, you know, if last year we, we laughed about this, even I think last year during the podcast, how I was very, very middle of the road on a lot of people. I feel like this year that's going to be very unlikely 
I, I don't feel like anyone's going to be right on the consensus. I, I think this year the average is going to be a, a lot different than uh, than the than the median, right? The the, the middle the middle vote to- total is going to be a lot different than than the average. So it, it'll be very interesting to see what 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 goes on. But that was a big challenge for me. Is just you know Jacob Olson as an example. I'll, I'll talk about him. Is it like he played in the, in the second division? Yeah, and and he was okay. He was okay. You know, Cam Hillis, uh, Arsene Hismutnov, they played in the AHL. They were, you know, they had one point each. Like, do you, do you penalize they, them for they that? They barely played. Yeah. Do you, do you penalize them? Do you, yeah. do you, it, it was just very hard for me to, to judge those first year pros or guys in Europe who played in, in, you know, different situations than it was to, you know, even Caden Gooley. I mean, he, he was out for the entire junior season. Yeah. He played the world juniors, uh, played a little bit at the AHL level, but, but other than that was, was basically not playing at all. So it, it was very hard to balance that. Uh, and, and I think that it's going to be a, a thing that goes throughout the rankings is that, you know, we, we don't really have a, a good grasp on a lot of the young players. No, exactly. That's the question. Like, I mean, obviously the level that they are competing at and the fact that Cam Hillis was signed, for example. So, that's something at least. He was signed by Laval uh, or signed by the Montreal Canadiens on an entry-level deal. So they must see something in him. And we have seen um, when he was playing at uh, in the Canadian Junior Leagues that he has potential. Uh, maybe it was just like, you know, a, 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 a situation where he needed to adapt to a, to a higher tempo. We saw that with Josh Brook, for example, during mm-hmm. his, his, his freshman season in Laval, basically. Um Arsene Gisamutinov is obviously a long shot because he's already 23. Uh, but, I mean, he has those kind of qualities where he can basically go in and compete at a in a bottom six role in any, any league. Um, so if he can step it up from playing in the VHL and then playing in, in the AHL, who knows where he will be in a year's time mm-hmm. when he, now that he gets a new coach as well. We have to remember that as well. We get a new coach in Laval, yeah. so who knows who will develop? Who knows who will be his guy? We saw last year someone like, uh, well, two people, basically Joel Teasdale and Rafael Harvey Pinara kind of came out of, well, and I wouldn't say nowhere because we knew, knew who they were, but mm-hmm. they certainly surprised us, positive. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see who of these guys, like Jan Mishak played sparingly, but he still mm-hmm. played more than Hillis and Gizemutinov and Fairbrother did. And performed Laval. better as well, right? Exactly. Like he, he exactly. put up more points, put up more, um, you know, play, just played better. Not, not yeah. that Hillis and Gizemutinov played badly, right? Those two guys, like they, when they were on the ice, they, they were noticeable. It yeah. just seemed like, yeah, it was just, just a little bit too fast for them. But but also you're, you're talking about players who didn't really play the second half of their previous year right so it, yeah. it's everything is just so tough uh, and also, right now. also we're comparing like hillis was a third round pick and his uh, was a sixth round pick yeah. and an overager but jan mishak was widely considered to be a first round prospect first yeah, round caliber exactly. prospect and he had played really well when he was in hamilton as well so even if he didn't perform very well in litvino when he was back in czech republic he still has experience from pro level and was considered like a top 20 top 25 pick that fell to 44 or whatever 45 wherever he was picked up by the, by the canadian so so he sh- kind of should maybe co- like play better as well i mean we should have higher expectations on jan mishek probably but yeah. at the same time he's younger so 
there was always that. Yeah, it's 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 going to be very interesting because it, it's it's always a, a guessing game, but it feels like even more of a guessing game uh, this year. And, yeah. and I think that what, what's going to happen is that people are going to rank people based on what they thought. Like, because we don't have anything to move really the 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 the, the opinion, right? Like, no. if you thought a guy was was a, a good prospect, you know, you're not going to count the you know, 20 games that he played badly or 14 games that he played badly. So, and if you didn't like a guy, you're not going to look into, uh, you know, 14 games where he played well, or, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how different members of the community and even the staff uh, factor into this, because even among the staff, we get a, a little bit of disagreement uh, between prospects of course. and, yeah. uh, you know, it, it happens, but so let, let's look back at, at the 2020 rankings. And like I said, we don't know what the rankings are going to be in in 2021 we we don't know the vote i have not seen any ballots other than my own no. um and we're trying and, to keep it a, even as we speak we are keeping it a secret between each other as yeah, well yeah we didn't so, we didn't really discuss our, our ballots yeah. between each other uh among staff we we discourage uh talking about you know um yeah. ballots as well unless it's to say something like arvid Henriksen number one um you know then you're disqualified (laughs) comments comments like that are are obviously taking those jokes but yeah what what we what we can talk about is is just kind of where we think people are going to go compared to to a year ago and and we'll start off with we'll start off at the top of the ballot because that's that's the fun part uh and that's actually you know what we'll start off at the bottom yeah yeah we'll start off at the bottom because that's the the fun part Uh, arvid Henriksen, we already talked about and then you have a couple of people who have left the organization and Kieran Ruchinski and Hayden Verbeek. And then at 40, we have Michael Pizzetta. I think he's going to move up this year um, just because he was signed to a new contract. He played very well in the AHL. Yeah, but he's 24. Yeah. But I, I still think he's going to move up though. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think that, you know, if you look at the, I don't think he'll be second to last this year. Right. Yeah, like no. I, I don't think he'll be in the top 25, but no. I think he'll move up. Uh, then you have guys like uh, Jakub Dobesh, the the goalie who has the uh, greatest pads um, of anybody in the Canadians organization, with uh, those Lego Ohio State pads, yeah. which which uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, then you have Jack Gorniak, Frederick Dishau, you know, all guys who are probably gonna. Those are the guys you have trouble reading, right? Like, you know, like, the, the goalies barely played. Uh, Jack Gorniak Gorniak played all right, yeah. He played all right this season, yeah. You know, and you know, he'll be expected to be a little bit better, I think, and have a bigger role at Wisconsin now that you know everybody from that team is pretty much gone, including yeah. And he's he's a senior as well, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. He's a senior, so he'll probably get top six minutes, I would think. Um, and and really, you know, he's playing for a contract, (laughs) if we're being honest, that's really what he's playing for. Uh, then you have Jacob Legurier who played you know, briefly in the AHL, but uh, was not signed. Uh, the Canadians saw what they needed to see. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, again, a guy who maybe suffered from not having an OHL season, you maybe. know, when, when it mattered most, you know, a guy he who would did, still have been a long shot. Though, he would too. have been a long shot. Absolutely. But he would have had more chance to show who he was than in the AHL. But I guess what you're doing is you're projecting for the pros. So in a way it kind of maybe helped the uh, Canadians. It didn't help him. Just- but I was just going to say, like, two people were very low on Legario last year. They put him last. Two yeah. people on staff. I'm guessing it was maybe maybe they didn't rank everyone because I feel like that's pretty. I mean that that's not very nice to Legario. <laughs> <laughs> I think he still yeah, has a future in hockey. Yeah, it's 
I mean, a lot of it is just not knowing what he, I yeah. mean, he's, he's kind of a, I don't want to say his, his style of play is not the most exciting, right? Like no, I, no, nothing against not. guys like that. Um, but I mean, it, it's hard to project guys like that, right? Like it's either because, you know, the, the stay at home defenseman that we think of is, is a guy who has no future in, in the NHL, right? Even, even the good stay at home guys in the NHL now can still skate and move the puck and, and things like that. And like Gary, he he showed elements of that, but he had a couple of rough games in the AHL. And yeah, I, I just think that, you know, in the position the Canadians were, there was no reason. I mean, you can kind of replace him, right? Like of you can find a guy like him signed to an AHL contract or, or something like that. Like you don't have to give him an NHL contract. And no, I think and, that's where the yeah. Canadians fell. There are and, basically and, 12, 12 on a dozen when like yeah. those guys in the draft every year mm-hmm. coming exactly. down to the mid rounds. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, and another guy like that, Yoni Ekinen, right? Like, you know, he's, he might have a future. He does, he has a future in pro hockey, of course. but, but I, I don't think that the NHL is right now in the cards and that's what you have to make the decision on, right? Like this, if you, especially cause he's not going to come over to North America mm-hmm. likely anyway, uh, right away. So it's just, you know, at this point, you know, I, I think that they're, they were ranked, you know, kind of in the right spot from where we, um, would have expected them. Mm-hmm. Alexander Alain uh, is another guy who retired to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like we talked about Bork and Addison uh, before, same kind of thing. And then you have a bunch of guys who are still in the rankings and still probably in that same group. We have Arsene Hissamutinov, Blake Biondi, J- Jack Smith, uh, Raphael Harvey Pernard, who I think will jet up these rankings. Uh, I think that he's the first yeah. guy on this list um, at he's 30 last guy. year. Yeah, first he, no, guy he, on this list? He's the first guy on this list that I think will shoot up the rankings. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that, no, 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 he's not my number one. I can see you. I can see you like <laughs> freaking out, being like, "Why is he number one guy?" Um, well, he's he, Quebecois, so you know, naturally, <laughs> yeah, we're local. He's definitely going to be in the in the top twenty-five this year. Um, probably in in the late, you know, late teens. I would say. Um, at highest i don't know yeah. it, 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 but he's, he's definitely still an overager obviously so yeah, like yeah, i mean yeah. he will fall down a little bit on that probably but yeah, yeah he, he did have a very good season he, he's well, he's so. guaranteed he's going to be an ahl star at yeah. least right like that's that's his floor right now so yeah. uh the nhl we're, we're we're not looking for ahl stars we're looking for nhl players so you know i was going to talk I, about i was just going to say about jack smith and blake biondi because it feels like <laughs> we're always going to group those two together <laughs> First of all, because they were both until, Minnesota high schoolers. <laughs> until until they go pro, yeah. um, because they're still playing in Minnesota at yeah. university level. It's just like yeah, they're just yeah, they're just kind of like I don't want to say afterthoughts, but there's nothing that I have seen to differentiate them. No, and and, and that's not being mean. It's just they, you know, it, it's hard to see. It's hard to watch NCAA hockey uh, in, in Canada anyway, and, and I think that. They, they both played, you know, small roles because freshmen, unless you're Cole Caulfield, freshmen don't play big roles in the NCAA. It's, it's an older players league. I mean, look at Ryan Paling, right? He, he, he took two years before he got regular, you know, scoring uh, opportunities. So, and he was a first round pick. So, yeah, 
But the thing is, like, Jack Smith, first of all, like, he uh, didn't even play NCAA because he was too young. So he played USHL this season and had 13 points in 47 games with Sioux uh, Sioux Falls Stampede. So obviously, maybe the coaches didn't quite, like, care that much because he was just going to be there for one season before signing with Minnesota Duluth. So now he's going to play with Blake Biondi as well. In the same, like on the same NCAA team. So if at least we, it'll be easy to keep them in mind. But yeah, they're going to be confused. It wouldn't surprise them. me if they actually get put on the same line, being like both, you know, Minnesota high school stars and whatever, <laughs> and they're the same age and everything. And then we will never be able to tell basically who's who. <laughs> they're both listed kind uh, of as, as winger center <laughs> hybrids as well. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow I mean, Minnesota Duluth. Beyond he had five points in 26 games in the NCAA. That's, so yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I probably put him a little bit higher than, than Smith, but yeah, I, I think that they're going to be like one after the other <laughs> in the ranking yeah. somehow. No they matter where they're ranked. Both, I, I just they are like both they're... six foot tall and one is 192 and the other one is 190. Have we ever seen them in the same place? together i guess we will <laughs> no. yeah i guess we will in university we will uh yeah. <laughs> but but that that's you know if one gets injured all the time in one place um i think we have our proof that they're the same person yes um i'm just kidding no disrespect to jack smith or Blake Biondi. It, it's no, just we want to see more of them like yeah, um, i, I want to see them play like that's yeah. all i want to see um but yeah i think they'll be kind of in that that's that you know i think we call them the long shots tier uh, yeah. I think they'll probably be in that tier, for, you know, again, until they have a chance to show and, and, you know, get attention because even the NCAA was very weird this year. You know, some schools played, some schools didn't. Yeah. It, it's, it's just very hard to get a grasp on, on a lot of these prospects. And, and you know, what, what helps the Canadians is that they have a lot of players who we do have better reads on, right. Yeah. Whether in, in, you know, European hockey or junior hockey, or even in, in the AHL, NHL, like there's players that we, we know are more sure things than, than, than those two so we, we they can afford to be a little bit lower down it is not an indication of what their future is it's just right now they, they haven't really shown anything mm-hmm. uh and, and that's that's not none of their faults it's just that this the you know the ncaa freshman very hard for freshmen unless mm-hmm. like i said you're cole coffin uh, mm-hmm. and gianni fairbrother i think that he'll probably move up but joel teasdale the, 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 that group of three guys yeah, we can say about Fairbrother as well. If nothing else, but just because um, Kel Fleury, Victor Mete, and Noah Jolson are all out of the list. Yeah. So Fairbrother naturally moves up the rankings because he's one of the few, well, one of the few uh, <laughs> prospects who are, who are still with the team at this point, yeah. like on the defensive end, um, like who are who is not already established with... Yeah you know, the NHL team or... or yeah, like and, and or you know, he so, played well in the yeah. AHL. He, he, wasn't yeah, he, as good, yeah. he wasn't good as Caden Gooley, but he I mean, he's not expected to be, right? But no. I, I think that he, he showed enough in those games to earn a contract. Yeah. And, and I think that he'll be he'll be a, a big part of this Laval defense this season. Uh, a defense that's going to be a lot different than it was a year ago because you don't have Gustav Olsson. You don't have a guy that we're going to get to in a bit, Otto Leskinen. You, you don't have... Uh, you know, guys like that who have played big roles on this team. So it will be interesting to see Kale Fleury, obviously another one mm, that won't mm. be around uh, next year. So it, it will be interesting to see, you know, what kind of role he plays and and um, what the coaching staff in Laval does this year uh, under Jean-François yeah. as well. But yeah, I think Teasdale will go up as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that him and uh, Harvey Pinard will be close together. 
Alexander they're kind Hoy. of like grouping together as well, right? T. Still and yeah, Harvey. Pinot. Absolutely, both you know yeah. French Canadian overagers. Yeah. Yes, uh, who you know turned pro at the same time. You know the, yeah. the thing that I think Teasdale is a better prospect than Harvey Pinard. The mm. issue is Teasdale had a really bad knee injury for the second year in a row, and and I think that that is going to be tough. I, I think there might be people who want to see him play again before you know saying that he'll be a future NHLer or putting him ahead of guys like you know even Harvey Pinard um, and, and guys like that. Uh, Alexander Gordon, Rhett, Rhett Pitlick, again guys who were obviously too good, you know, for a lower level. And, you know, Rhett Pitlick took a little bit of a step back, I think, this past season. Didn't put yeah. up the numbers we were expecting. Uh, not, not that we were necessarily expecting Sean Farrell numbers, but, but you know, he didn't perform as well as he did in the past at the same level. But somewhat concerning. But again, it was a weird year. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Alexander Gordon, again, very good for the Junior League in Russia. Uh, when he got those pro looks, not necessarily those senior looks, I guess I should say, not not exactly you know blowing blowing the uh, blowing away anybody, but it, again, those guys are, are projects. They're they're in kind of that that Smith Beyondy range, and that's what I mean. Well, Gordon you know, is special as well because yeah. like he obviously can shoot the puck. Like right. that is what he can do. He mm-hmm. he produces he produces goals and he can produce points, but he can't skate. So, like, obviously that is going to be a problem and something that he knows he will have to work on to, to get. Because he's signed to to SCA, St. Petersburg. And to play at that level in one of the top, top teams in the KHL, he will obviously know how to, well, have to know how to skate. He can't just, yeah. you know, line up for the power play. So, yeah, just one game in the KHL, nine in the VHL, and then just playing in juniors as a 19 year old turning 20 i mean it's not ideal no he, he was he was dominant in that league but he should have been so yeah of course. Uh, again th- there's nothing but he was there. not as dominant as he was the year before right again it's a weird year for everybody so it, it's yeah, just course. hard to get a yeah. read on on people but i think that they're long shots um pitlick is probably a little bit ahead of of gordine um i think that people got excited about his goal scoring um mm-hmm. a year ago and maybe yeah. was ranked a little. I mean, both the the staff and the community had him at twenty seven, which is where he finished. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think he'll be that high this year, not necessarily because of anything he did, just because I think guys around them. You know, you look at Teasdale and Harvey Pinard and Fairbrother; they were all behind him last year. I don't think anybody um, will put them behind him this year. No. So that's just an example of, you know, it, playing a player dropping is not necessarily indicative of that player doing badly. It's just players around them have done better, and and that's that's what these rankings are all about. And you know that's that's really what it, what what happens. And another guy like that, Jacob Olson, mm. can kind of be put into that same group of guys that played, but not where at the level that maybe people wanted him to play. Mm. Um, you know, they didn't he kind of struggled uh, in the SHL? He went bound. He went down to the Osvenskin, uh, and, and still you know didn't blow anybody away. His team did well but he wasn't one of the, the top players on that team and still young, but other young players did lead their team. Right. So it, it's kind of interesting to see because he's not necessarily going to be a scorer at the next level anyway. Like if he makes yeah. the NHL, he'll probably be like a Lucas Vedema yeah. style of player. So you, you don't really care about points as much, but you still would like to see points, <laughs> but but yeah, especially at the second tier in Sweden. Yeah, obviously, if you're exactly. going to make the NHL or even the AHL, you yeah. want to see like some kind of star quality, even if you're just going to be a bottom six forward at yeah. in the North American leagues. 
But yeah, but yeah, he's only 21. Who knows? Yeah. I think that uh, the thing is that, you know, people might see that his ceiling has dropped yeah. more than his, you know, he isn't going to be like that top six center. He Not has been he injured would, a lot as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's lots of factors into that as well. So it's yeah. it, it, again not indicative of him as a prospect, just other guys have probably done better. Uh mm. Luke Tuck, I, I think that he might move up a bit. Um yeah. because he did he again, weird year for the NCAA, but he did play very well at Boston University, probably better than a lot of people expected him to. We talk about freshmen not doing well in, in the NCAA, he did well. Um, he did he did perform a little bit well, so I, I can see him moving up or at least being high, more highly regarded um, as a second round pick. I, I, I don't think he's done enough to catch Jan Mishak, but uh, I, I do think that he um, will be high, more highly thought of this year than he was a year ago, especially when you factor in the 2021 picks. Uh, I, I think that we have that body of work that might put him ahead of say second round picks from 2021. So it, that, that's a, a factor, but, We'll, we'll see. Otto Leskinen, uh, a player I like, but obviously his his future in the NHL is is kind of up in the air uh, right now. I, I thought that he was one of the better defensemen in Laval yep. last year, but uh, you know, in, in terms of being a, a future uh, Montreal Canadian or even a future NHLer, obviously his his uh, he took a hit and and has no contract. You know, he's going to Europe back back to Europe this year. He's still part of the organization, but. It'll be interesting to see because he would have had he would have been a, a top player in Laval this year if, if he had stayed, uh, but obviously he you know wants wants to do more than that. Mm. Um, Michael McNiven, and, and now we're going to get to that that range of players that will you know likely stay in the same kind of range that they're in. Uh, I, I Mc... feel like I feel like Michael McNiven was overrated last year, like being in the top twenty five. I had him at thirty two. <sighs> I don't think I so. I think that. he's going to move up this year. Why? Uh, Look at his stats from last year. Played well in Laval last year. Did he? Did he though? Really? Like he's he twenty-four. Did. Yeah, but he put up. Like I think you should have slightly higher expectations on a goalie who's been with the organization for for that long and who is. This is the last year of eligibility as well. Like he had an eight-nine-five save percentage in thirteen games, two point five nine uh, goals uh, conceded. But, Obviously, La- La- that Laval is just goalies, Laval goalies always have low save percentages though. Even yeah, Keaton Primo Keaton had Primo. nine oh nine. Yeah, but you know, that's still better, right? Yeah, it's still yeah. better. Yes. Yeah. But I, I do think that he is, he's closer to being an NHL or obviously. I think his age actually helps him in a little way, because he kind of separates himself from the other goaltenders that are on this list, like the the Dishal, the Dobesh, um, and Verbetic. You know, those guys are are still very young, really pro, you know prospects and uh, projects and. I, I think that, you know, his age kind of moves him up a little bit um, compared to maybe some of the other players. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Sean Farrell, I think he moves up. Um, clearly had, did everything he had to do. We talk about players who, you know, didn't dominate like we would have liked to see them. Yeah, mm. Sean Farrell did that. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll talk about him, I'm sure, more later on. Uh, Brett Stapley. I, I think Brett Stapley, Cam Hillis will be around the same as place they were. Yeah, you know, I I don't think that they've moved the needle. If they go down, it'll be because guys around them did better. Guys yeah. like Farrell and Harvey Pinard and Teasdale, those are the guys that are gonna go down because of that, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you guys we've moved people up, we talked about the real lack of, especially in that that twenty range, uh, low teens to twenties, um, of guys not graduating. The only way you're gonna move down is if guys below you move up, and 
you know, that, that's what's going to happen for them. Um, Meshach, I think, will likely be in the same range. Um, but I think all we're getting into the eight, 18 last year. A yeah. lot of guys there are going to move up just because of the guys that left ahead of them, right? Of you look at Meshach as the example. Vedamo is gone. Uh, Jolson's gone. Fleury's gone. Evans is gone. Mete is gone. Uh, mm. So all those guys uh, have, a, have a chance at the top. Have 10, a chance yeah. of moving up. Yeah, maybe not top ten, but but uh, no, but ju- just because of yeah. you know the fact that there are people missing now. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you, you know the the I think the the ten to twenty range is going to be very close. And people are going to have people closer to eight and, and maybe as far down as in the thirties. I, I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, variations in, in that 10 to 20 range this year, even, even 10 to 30. Um, I think it'll be very interesting and there'll be a lot of disagreements, um, especially surrounding, um, you know, some of the, the, the players who are on this list. I mean, Victor Mete has always been kind of a lightning rod. Obviously he's not around anymore. But, but I feel like there's going to be um, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting debate uh, around some of the players in this range. Do you um, think there is anyone who can take that? Like, do you think there is anyone who uh, can pick up where Victor Mete, Victor Mete, and Noah Juleson, I would say, like as that lightning rod who people have very various opinions about? <laughs> yes, and uh, it's Logan Mayu. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> For obvious reasons, yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of on ice, in terms of on ice stuff, uh, because obviously the Logan Mayu thing is, you know, there's so many factors. Um, mm. I, I will talk about this briefly because we're going to talk about him a lot, I'm sure. Um, of course. When, when his ranking comes up. But just obviously there's the off ice stuff, which is one part that you have to factor into it mm-hmm. in terms of his likelihood of making the NHL. There's also the fact that he did play a little bit last year, but not very well in the Swedish first division, which is third division. So again, not a real big body of work. You're basically projecting with him, which is fine. That's what we're doing with a lot of these players. But I think that, you know, even people who like his, who even taking away the off ice things, which is still a factor, I'm not discarding it, but even taking that away, I think there's going to be wildly different um, perspectives of his on ice skill. So I, I, I should, think, uh, I'm just going to say like 15 points in 19 games is, is I mean, it looks good, but yes. still it's the Swedish third tier. So we have to, yeah. you know, and it's not a very high. He's yeah, 17 yeah, also. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad prospect, no. but, but I, I, I don't, um, there's going to be a wide variation on him. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just because there is, um, I think he'll be a lightning rod. I, I think that Ryan Paling I was just going to say, right. There's going to be a guy that, a lot of people, I, I, listen, even last year at number nine, there were people saying, oh, how could he be so low? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the the community had him at six and the staff had him at 10. I, I think he'll probably be closer to six this year, maybe. Um, but I, I think there's... You had him at 13. I did have him at 13. Yeah, mm. because I said I wanted to see more from him. And I did. And you did. So I moved yeah. him up. So, yeah. I, I, so now he's 12 this year, apparently. Uh, yeah, well, I moved them up. I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't, I don't even have my list in front of me, so I don't even know how no. I moved them up. Uh, but I, I definitely moved them up, and and deservedly so. Um, like, if we're looking at last year's list, I definitely would have had them ahead of Mete. Um, mm. You know, if we had to rank them again, like if, if, sorry, if Mete was still in the organization, I'd have him ahead of Mete. Um, mm. I'd have him ahead of Jake Evans, um, where I didn't last year. So I, I think that I definitely did see what I wanted to see from him. I think he'll move up, but I still think there's going to be a lot of disagreement where um, people are going to be pretty high on him, 
and others are going to be pretty low on him because he didn't make that step. He didn't get an NHL chance. Uh, he got hurt at the end of the year. I, I think there's going to be a lot of reasons to, to move him up or down. Um, I, I feel Josh Brook also is going to have a lot of people who are going to be down on him because we're like, we're still waiting for him. Like, to, to get up that hill like he, he keeps like going really slowly but not getting quite to where he wants to be so i, I think that that's going to be a, another place for um you know and, and where he goes into that uh brooke struble harris kind of range it's, it's still because like if we're looking back at like 20, 20 he was wrapped in 2017 yeah mm-hmm. so that was after those three just desert like drafts yeah. you know when, when no talent was found basically right and the talent that was found was traded away for jonathan Dwem, for example yeah. um and then we had this guy who in 2018 2019 josh broke who scored 75 points in 59 games as a right-handed defenseman in in moose jaw <laughs> so you're just like oh my god this is the thing now we finally and get it as well right like both, yeah. both those guys were super i mean it and i think finished ahead of paling in yeah in, in the first in the first top 25 under 25 that year so yeah. i i think that but that that it, when we look at the turnaround of this canadians franchise as a franchise i think that 2017 draft is is the one that people are going to look at where <laughs> you have paling brooke uh keo Fleury, who obviously went to seattle um but if you look at it from one side yes he went to seattle on the other side he also Kaden protected Primo somebody from leaving right yeah and, yeah, yeah and, sure and and also keaton primo yeah mm. you know um yeah, that, that's the draft where things, if you look at drafting history, and 2016 was a good draft as well, because obviously Sergachev is a good player. Mm-hmm. Mete, Mete is an NHL player. Um, Pazetta is, is, you know, a pro player. Will Bitten is a, is a pro player as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't gotten to the NHL yet, but, you know, when you get uh, 483 games out of two picks in a draft, mm-hmm. um, you know, five years removed from it, like they did yeah. in Sergeyev and Mete. That's a good draft as well. Plus, so, plus a fair share of AHL games as well. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Out of six Mete, Mete and, and Sergeyev um, have more games than like the 2014, 15, and 17 drafts combined yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of players. I was going to say 2013, but no, because of Jacob De La Rose, Arturi Lekkanen, um, Sven Andrigetto, and, mm-hmm. and Michael McCarron as well. They, they all have a game. So, um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a... Uh, it's a, you know, when you're looking at one maybe fringe NHLer, uh, 2016 is kind of where they got it turned around. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, 2018 is going to be a, a good year as well. It was um, just in, and like, since the expectations were so huge when it came to yeah. Josh Brook, when he actually became a pro, <laughs> yeah. then the, like, the expectations were way too high for a guy who was just 20 at the time. Absolutely. And the organization wasn't really there before Bouchard mm-hmm. came along. And now they are much more tempered, and that's probably to the, you know, to the benefit of Brooke. Like yes. he gets to yeah. develop in his own time, mm-hmm. and there are guys who are far more hyped up now, like ahead <laughs> of him on the list, and that's probably just good that we've kind yeah. of like forgotten about him. So he can just develop in Laval in his own right, and we'll just see where it where it gets in the end. Yeah, the fun thing is that they didn't need Brooke to take the next step because they have guys like Romanov and Norlander and Gouli and you know, guys who, who have taken steps like that um, to the NHL level. So it, it, it definitely helps, you know, the the team to not have to rush them as well, right? Uh, that's that's a key a key factor as well. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, people have probably cooled off on him, but this is a big year for him because he's probably going to have top power play minutes. Uh, he's probably going to have a top, 
you know, top four minutes at least, maybe even top pairing. And and another guy who will be, I'll be very interested to see how the new coaching staff deals with him. Uh, and, you know, he also hasn't had an NHL training camp where he's had a chance to play preseason games as a pro, right? The last time he played preseason games was before his first full year in, in the NHL, right? So it's it's one of those things where it's, it's very, uh, going to be very interesting to see what happens with uh, with Brooke as well. But yeah, I think that that's going to be a, a disagreement. And then when you look at the last year's top 10, we talked about paling. Uh, Gooley, I, I think will, I, I don't know if he's close enough to that top tier yet, right? I, I don't think he's, he might move up, but I don't know if he's necessarily close enough to that Romanov. difficult Romanov, year for Romanov, him as well. Romanov, yeah. Because he didn't really play that much because but of injury. But when he did play, I, I think a lot of Canadians fans were happier with that pick. Of than course. they were at the draft. So yeah. I, I think that what he did show um, will will move him up people's mm. opinions just because, you know, they, they liked what they saw. But I don't know if it was enough to reach that Romanov, Norlander, Primo tier, which is no. what he's looking at right now. Um, because there's basically two tiers, right? There's the first tier of the top three. Then there's that middle tier of that, the, the, the second tier of those, those next three. And I don't know if Gooley did enough to break into that tier, but that'll be what to watch in that top seven, I think. Mm. Um, I think he'll be, you know, even Paling will break into that group, I think, as well. So that'll be, that'll be, we didn't talk about Jesse Ullinen, Um, because well, he's, he's surrounded by guys who graduated. Um, he's right behind Evans and Jolson and Flurry, who all left. Mm. I, I think that, again, he'll probably be in that Paling range, but mm. on the outside looking in. Because I think he had a good, solid first year in, in Laval. Uh, but again, you know, he, had, he got one NHL game, but I don't know if it's enough to necessarily move him up into that well, next level. You had a hot take before last season that Jesse Olin was going to be an NHL player by the end of the spring. And look, here we are. He played one game. You I was technically right, which is the best kind of right to be. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I liked what I saw. Again, someone who dealt with injuries. Um, and, and needs to develop. I'll, I'll be very. I, I want to see guys like Paling and Ullinen and Brook. I want to see them in NHL preseason games, and and that's something that we haven't really had a chance to see since they came over or or develop more uh, because of the lack of preseason uh, last year. So I, I, I'm I'm curious about those guys. I I think that you know that'll be very interesting to see. Even a guy like Matthias Norlander, you know, coming mm. over for a training camp, seeing him there will yeah. be will be very interesting so seeing Jan Mishak yeah exactly you know guys mm. like that even Gooley a guy like Kenny yeah. Gooley going to camp you know seeing these guys in actual preseason games or even you know inter-squad where you kind of get to see what what they can do uh I, I think will be very important to their development you know a guy like Paling has even you know played in the NHL really you know since he kind of turned the corner so it'll be interesting to see what he can do and and what he what he can do in those preseason games and and maybe make the team out of camp or at least make it a hard decision. But uh, yeah, I, it's the, the I top tier is going to be interesting. I think too. we skipped over the Northeastern twins as well. Jordan Harris and Jaden. Yes, yeah. We, we talked about them briefly, but yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. that they're going to be, there's not really much to say about them. Not, not in a bad way, just they're developing. They're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, they haven't done anything extraordinary, but they haven't busted either. So, no. you know, they're, they're on the right path. I think they're both going to get pro contracts, maybe even both after this season. Um, you know, Harris is back for his senior year and, and then becomes a, a, could become a free agent, but 
all indications say he'll probably sign. So, mm. yeah, I, you know, there's not really much to say about them because they haven't broken into that next tier, I think. I, I think that, that we talk about tiers, and, and I think that the, the first tier is Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, Caulfield. That's for sure. You know, maybe Romanov is is a little bit below that tier, I think. And then you have Norlander, Primo, Gouli, Paling, uh, Ullinen, and then you have the the Brooks, Drubal, Harris group, and mm. they're all trying to break into that third tier, I think. Yeah. Um, and and I think that they're kind of doing that, uh, but I think they're still pretty far from being at the top of that third tier, and I think they're pretty far from being in that second tier. But that's just because the players ahead of them are professionals, and, and yeah. that's that's nothing against them at all. It's just I, I don't know if they've done enough to move up drastically. They'll move up just because of the the, the players that left in front of them. It's kind of like as well if you're playing NCAA hockey and you're doing it well. There is only like you have to play at a Caulfield esque level <laughs> to like kind of move up in the rankings. You right. have to be utterly dominant for like everyone to kind of notice and and actually think that you're a first tier kind of prospect yeah. or second tier kind of prospect. Uh, it's really like before. Um, otherwise, it's kind of like when you get a pro contract, then we're gonna see how you compare right. to, well pro league hockey players and that's going to be like it's it's the same as like if you're dominating like kem hillis for example he dominated in the ohl it was too easy for him but then he comes to you know the ahl and things are a bit tougher and yeah there we get to see more how you compare to actual pro league players and then you know we can make an adjustment after that yeah exactly and and that's the thing is that you know people might look at you know this this whole thing as oh if a player moves down or fluid, right? Like, you know, I, I was down on Paling, so I put him down in my rankings. I'm very happy to move him up. <laughs> it, it's not that I, I've marked him down because I, I just liked other players more, and now he showed what I needed to see. And and uh, I think that that's, it's very fluid, right? And and I think that, you know, you can be low on a guy one year. It's, it's kind of a picture of where you feel at a moment in time. And and uh, it's it's what makes it fun every year, right? Because I don't go back to my list and move guys around. What I do is I completely start fresh. And then I look at my list compared to my list from the year before just to see. Um, but that's what I like to do. I like to go with a fresh, clear slate, uh, look at the players that are eligible eligible, and rank them from that. And yeah. where I had them before doesn't matter because I don't, I don't factor that in. I just go with what I feel. Yeah, I feel the same way. Obviously, I don't have the experience that you do as an oracle of this list. I've only, <laughs> I've only been here for last year's list and this one. But I felt the same way. It was just like you know, going over fresh, looking at it from a new perspective, and seeing what, basically, what what we've learned in the last. Well, now it's eight or nine months instead of twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's, and it wasn't exactly a normal season either. Um, but but I think that we. I, I, that that top, that that debate for number one, two, and three is going to be heated. I think you talk about lightning rod. I think people are going to be very passionate about the top three. Yeah, and, and I and I not that there's a big difference, right? Like I remember, I remember that I wasn't there for the Price Subban Patretti debates um, when they did this ranking, but I was there for the Galchenik Gallagher ones, and and that was very heated. Uh, especially as they got older <laughs> and, and Gallagher was, was, you know, maybe performing more at the NHL level than Galchenyuk was, but, but I feel like the people are going to be very passionate about those three and pe- whether you have one ahead of the other, um, you know, ca- if you have caught Kanyemi ahead of, you know, Caulfield or Suzuki, because you, you feel like he'll develop or Suzuki or Caulfield, 
there's the whole center wing debate again, <laughs> like like Galchenyuk and Gallagher. Uh, so I, I think that people will be very passionate about that. But but the the best thing about the debates in these rankings is that they are all Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So so even if you're debating, oh, he should be number one. Why he's not number two? They're both Canadians. They're both going to yeah. be playing on the same line. Suzuki and Caulfield are both going to be playing on the same line. Kanyemi is going to be uh, there as of now. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a contract yet, obviously, but I think he'll mm. sign. So the, the best thing is that it doesn't really matter what the order is between the three, it, but it is fun. And yeah, uh, I, I, do think the, I do think the debate will be very passionate once yeah. we get to the top end of this list. And can we just finish on that as well? How great does it feel that we actually know there's going to be a season when we're making the list? Like <laughs> last year when we were making the list, we didn't know when the season was going to start. There was no preseason. Now there is actually something to look forward to and we know it. There is going to be like, there is going to be a proper season. We're back to normal pace again for the hockey season instead of starting an, a short season in January and just working on a game every other day. <laughs> Um, it just feels great to to be back to some kind of normality again. And the Canadians are coming off of a Stanley Cup final appearance. Yeah, like, it feels like normal. <laughs> like that, that's, that, that, that's that's crazy. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a fun time to be uh, a Montreal Canadiens fan. Yes, there's changes. Yes, there's question marks about this team. But hey, the team made the final, and we're we're getting ready for for another season of hockey. Uh, like you said, we know pretty much what's going to happen. Uh, in terms of a preseason, in terms of the Lau, uh AHL season, ECHL season as well. So it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun uh, going forward. And next year, next year's draft should be Montreal as well. Yes. And Absolutely. I just got my second dose of vaccine as well, so now I'm <laughs> eligible to enter Canada again, which is great for next summer. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Draft party uh, at the draft Center. party. Yeah. Asterisk there obviously um, very big but, but yeah still... very big asterisk but yeah. yes it should be a lot of fun uh, anton thank you so much uh, we look forward to the results along with you the listener thank you for listening we have a lot of big things planned for this year's top 25 and the 25 patrick's working hard on this as well uh, so it'll be a lot of uh, interesting topics and discussion so thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time on have some Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.